want to welcome you into the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. It is November 8th, and college basketball season is in full swing. Really couldn't be more excited. Uh, this time of the year is here, and I've got my man Ethan Westerman of Whole Hog Sports alongside me today. And we're taking you back a little bit. If you've listened to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America for a long time, we're taking you back to maybe the infancy stages of this pod. Blake Sutton was our first fearless host of this podcast. Remember, we used to do podcasts like after Mike Anderson's week, like midweek press conferences and stuff. And we would record those shows on like a, like a handheld camera, like we used to have back when football, yeah. the football team would do scrums and stuff at the bottom of the Smith Center. Yeah, we were uh, plugging two microphones into the, directly into the camera. And then I'd have like a 30 minute video to uh, just get the audio from. Yeah, it was a good time. I remember the first one. I think one of the first ones we did was right before I went to El Paso for Arkansas, Texas, and the Armed Forces Classic, and we just found like this random table on the concourse in Bud Walton Arena and did it from there. And then I almost missed my flight because we cut it pretty close recording that day. But happy to have you, man. And Ethan, appreciate you joining me uh, today. If you look, we're doing a video element to this podcast today, just like we did with the whole hog football podcast and i promise I'm, i am i am the same person as yesterday i just had to completely clean shave unfortunately my electric razor died and didn't want to come in here looking like wolverine so i went ahead and clean shaved um we're going to get into there's a lot obviously to get into with arkansas basketball on the men's and the women's side the men's team beat alcorn state 93 to 59 on monday to kick off eric musselman's fifth season and arkansas's women won 81 76 Yep. On Tuesday against Louisiana Monroe, that game got a little bit hairy down at the end. But you you had a you had a lot to write about last night. That was a, a pretty interesting game from start to finish. Yeah, it got way closer than it probably should have. It's just Arkansas has got a team of a lot of new faces this year that haven't really. I mean, some of them have played together, but there's some new pieces that honestly just it felt like at, down the end of the the last stretch of the game, they just didn't really know how to like close a game that well. They were taking probably ill-advised shots early in the shot clock, three-point shots. So, um, But they got a test yesterday. I mean. Yeah, you called that. I called it. I said, because going into it, they have just too many players who have like started on the power five level that for a team like Arkansas that's coming out and um, really having to, you know, um, figure things out with just a lot of new faces like you kind of it's hard to play one of these scrappy teams a lot of these players that are on that team that transferred from the power five level actually came to go play for their new coach missy Bilderback, who trans or is in her first year there after coaching at jones college which is like a community college so a lot of these players actually had played for her at jones previously before their first d1 stop mm -hmm. and then just transferred back to her and just historical players who played Juco at that level, especially like on, I mean, on the women's level, those are just like really hard-nosed, like get-after-you players. And I, I just feel like the women might not have been as prepared as they should have been for that level of just physicality. But Mike Neighbor said he's ecstatic to get the win. He, I mean, he's, I asked him after the game, I said, I mean, it's not a, I'm sure you'd take an ugly win over an ugly loss in your first game of the year. And he, yeah, I said he's ecstatic about it. Uh, Talia Scott, the freshman uh, guard, she, didn't look like a freshman she was pulling up from i think you sent me a text you yeah. called it tyler texas i think it was a little bit closer to texarkana 
uh, for looking at the the wood stain on mid court. She pulled up in transition and midway through the first quarter and buried her first three. I'm sticking with Tyler. I, I actually nerded out with that and pulled up the Maps app on my laptop and was like, I think Tyler Texas fits. She shot that thing from a ways out. We'll go. We'll go with Tyler then. She shot that. She she shot the ball well yesterday. Um, she played well. There's a, the guard trio of her, Michaela Daniels, and. Uh, Samara Spencer, they scored like 60-plus of eight, Arkansas's 81 points, so the, that trio is good. Sailor Poffenbarger had 21 rebounds. She leads Division One right now in rebounding after one game. Um, that's a career high, almost set the school record for a single game. Um, so she wasn't shooting the ball very well, but like Mike Neighbor said it after the game, you have a player who's getting you 21 boards, you have to play him. And he said that yeah. the, the shot making isn't even a worry of his. He knows that they'll fall at some point. She was, after the men's game against Alcorn State, I went out there an hour later, and she was out there late the night before getting shots up and was just drilling them. So I think that probably just got to get a little more comfortable. But, yeah, it was a hairy win for him. Win nonetheless, um, I think that ULM team will probably be pretty good in their conference. And I would um, have to imagine so, if, all that transfer talent. <laughs> if they aren't, then – then they just played like they would be last night because they were hitting tough shots. The, they had an Auburn transfer, Ja'Kayla Johnson, who the Razorbacks are super familiar with. They played her a lot. She scored 34 points in, I think, like 17 or 19 in the fourth quarter um, to, kept, to keep them in it. But they're 1-0. They got another game on Friday um, to try and maybe iron some things out. For sure. I guess we'll keep, we'll transition from that to the men's game Monday night. I mean, it was a runaway. I mean, the game was – I mean, nobody in there thought that that game was ever in doubt. I think Arkansas reeled off nine nine in a row, like maybe midway point of like the first half of the first half, if that makes sense. So somewhere in that ballpark, they ran off nine in a row, got up 24 to 10, and then never trailed by double – never trailed by single – or never led by single digits again. Pretty good effort. You got 50 points from Caleb Battle, Trevon Mark, and Trevin Brazil. My God, man, Trevin Brazil just like was baptizing people, raising them to walk in newness of life. Like that, he had three dunks like in the first six or seven minutes of the game, knocked down a three. And he is, I think we, we can probably get into this in a minute. Um, he's just, he's looked so much better at this point in the season. I know we're only one game in, but you, you can take two exhibitions into account too. But he looks almost like, pre-injury TB to me in terms of his ability to impact the game, get on the glass like he is skied for some rebounds offensively and defensively, and his explosiveness. Like if you were worried about his explosiveness not being there, I think Monday night you've got you to kind of throw that thought in the trash can. Yeah, and it's funny because we were joking about it. It's in the offseason uh, several times he said that he feels like it's like 100 per- – 110% like now after recovering from the surgery. And we were like, this isn't Tommy John surgery in baseball where you come back and you're a lot of times better than you are. You're like, you tore your ACL, but he'd have me fooled the other night. I mean, yeah. dude was jumping out of the gym and I mean, 19 seconds into the game is postering somebody. You're like, all right. Uh, oh yeah. I mean, put, I mean, that's just, I think that, that kind of, that thing, that play right there just kind of sums up kind of why I think he is pre-injury TB because he's, putting the ball on the floor and maybe his game has maybe even evolved uh, since his injury puts the ball on the floor. First score of the year is a thunderous dunk in traffic. And he said it, he told it, he told me and Curtis Wilkerson at SEC basketball media days that he was going to start putting the ball on the floor a lot more, maybe handling it in some pick and roll 
And they have to, you mean, you have to go out and contest that, or at least close out on that three point shot that he'll take. But he's feels obviously confident enough to put it on the floor. And if there's somebody in his way, doesn't really matter. But he's also, I think, savvy enough to, to know, like, if he gets that, that avenue gets completely closed off, he can kick it out to a number of different guys that can shoot it pretty well. What'd you think of, of TB, Blake, me? kind of looking like an all-SEC first-team guy right now. Oh, easily, yeah. And, you know, the announcers are talking about lottery pick. I mean, right now to me, he's he's got to be like a top-ten pick at least. Um, like Ethan said, yeah, 19, I had to write that down. I was doing my homework last night, you know, when you when you said you wanted me to have, have me on the pod. Yeah, I, dog, like, I had to get you on. I was like, I got I to gotta do some homework. I told my wife, like, I told my wife I had homework to do. She's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? I was like, I got I to gotta rewatch the game so I can take some notes. And, uh, yeah, the first one I took was – uh, let me see here. Uh, Trayvon with monster dunk, 19 seconds into the game. So, I mean, yeah, he's just getting – he's just really picking up right where he left off. And, uh, yeah, the perimeter shooting's there. The defense is there, the way he was going after rebounds. Uh, yeah, just the uh, – his physicality kind of jumped out at me. Yeah. Um, yeah, just never letting a, never letting a loose ball uh, go. Just – that's not just Trayvon either. I mean uh, – Thought the whole team kind of did that too. For and sure. What I liked about that first dunk too, it's he wins the tip, gets it back to a guy, just kind of like, like goes into the lane and sneaks out around the corner to the wing and three passes in, gets the ball over there, and he sees middle drives open. He takes, I think it was either one or two bounces. I think it might have been two. I mean, at his length, it, yeah, no more than two. But I mean, you see it, you're just like seeing this play unfold. You're like, okay, he's about to take off from just outside the SEC logo. Yeah. Because there was nobody really between him and dude for uh, Alcorn State that that uh, number seven I believe his number um, their post he tries to slide over and you're just thinking oh man that's a mistake because he got postered on the very first play of the season uh, yeah. coming over late and number twenty I can't remember what his name was do you have it pulled up yeah um, number twenty was Trevon Stoudermeyer so we had another Trevon. Yeah, so that was uh, some Trevin on Trevin crime. He just and he was also on the receiving end of the Caleb Battle lob dunk for an and one. I think I tweeted right after that the Battle lob. I was like, this kid just needs to check out of the game and try again another time. It was just not going well for him. Speaking of Caleb Battle, he um, he is not unfamiliar with putting the ball in the hole and. Scored 21 points, really efficient, five of nine from the field, three of six from deep. And I think what I liked about it most the other night was he was aggressive taking the ball to the rim. And I think he drew seven fouls in the game, which is really good. Eight of nine at the line. And anytime you can get that many FTAs, Eric Musselman's probably going to throw a party for you after the game. He's all about his FTAs. And Tremont Mark had 16 points, hit four threes. And those, I mean, those three guys were like your nucleus in the opener. Uh, really liked what I saw out of Caleb Battle. I, I think I wrote that his 21 on Monday was like a point shy of his career high in a season opener. So he's he's done this before. I think he had another 16-point game in another season. Um, I don't think we need to dive like too terribly much into game one because it was, again, it was Alcorn State. Um, let's do a, a buy or sell from game one with a couple of guys that that we just mentioned, and I'll start with this. Are you buying or selling Caleb Battle as Arkansas's leading scorer of the season? Ooh, I think I'm going to sell still. 
I still think L. Ellis might end up being that guy. Um, him or it's it's hard for me to sell this one, but I just feel like it's very it's a very hard sell. But I I just I like L. Ellis's game a lot. I think that he's that yeah. type of player that will get you a bucket a lot of times. I think Caleb Battle can do that too. I just think L. Ellis might uh you know might can do it just a tad bit more in different ways. What do you got, Blake? You buying or selling KB as the leading scorer? I'm buying, baby. Um, he's he's a he's a bucket wherever he is on the floor. Uh, I think you you mentioned that lob that he had. Uh, he was knocking down threes the entire game. Um, what I've noticed the difference between this team and, and last year's team. Not to spend too much time on last year's team, but when when Nick Smith went out and when when Trayvon went out, you lost so much offense and. and Ricky Council ended up being pretty much your primary scorer for each game. This team has so many offensive weapons, uh, so many more offensive weapons compared to last year. When you when you've got, um, yeah, Battle and L. Ellis and Tremont Mark, uh, they can all score the basketball a lot better than Arkansas's guards that played most of the year last year. So, for sure, um, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Yeah, I'll buy Battle. I think I'm buying it too, and it's. Probably part of the reason why I even asked the question in the first place. Like I think I'm I'm buying it. Like I mentioned, like he he dropped this bar the other night from his late grandmother, who I wrote about in the Hogs Illustrated, um, really long profile that I wrote on him. And he's, his grandmother one time said, "When you know who you are, you know what you do." Caleb Battle strikes me as a guy who knows who he is and what he does is he puts a basketball in the rim consistently. <laughs> And he's got one of the quickest releases on a jump on a perimeter jumper I've ever seen. Like you can be, you can have really good discipline on a perimeter closeout. And if you don't, if you just don't have your hands in that kind of that elevator of where when the ball goes up, when he's rising up, you, you're not going to contest it. And I was told that in the summer when I reached out to a a a, a writer who covered Caliph at, at Temple. He's just like. He gets so much lift on his jumper, you're not going to be able to block it. And we've seen that through the the Purdue game, uh, the Purdue exhibition, and then in the opener. And he's got more than enough wiggle to get by an initial defender, and he's crafty enough to finish at the rim like he did the other night with that up-and-under left-hand finish. And if he's if he's got both of those things going, he can keep a defense on its heels and – Probably going to frustrate his his defender enough where they're going to they're going to foul him, yeah. And he's going to get to the line where you know he can shoot you know eighty plus percent. Yeah. It's a tough question because I feel like this team has got a lot of guys who are going to be really close. Like they're just really they really spread the wealth pretty well from what we've seen the first three games, and they got a lot of guys who can score. So I think I'm I'm selling just because I like um, just because I like. Ellis a lot, but I think mm-hmm. that it's going to be like you look at the end of the year. You know, there's always those teams that you have like four or five guys who are averaging double figures, and they're like all separate. Those are the type of teams that you really are. It's hard to scout. So For sure, <laughs> I think I think that they could have like a handful of guys at the end that are separated by maybe a point or two, like yeah. one through five. I think it could be a legitimate question too to to ask if Tremont Mark could be their leading scorer. I mean, like why not? He was the guy late in the game against Purdue. And then it was crazy. KB goes for 21, and Trevin looks like Trevin again. And nobody asked about Tremont Mark after the game. I tried to and was just like, you know, he complimented Caleb Battle really well. But he went for 16 and made four threes. I think if Tremont's got that really pretty 
as Eric calls it, cosmetically pleasing mid-range game. Lefty obviously helps a little bit. Um, shooting motion maybe a little bit funky. Like I think he's probably going to get called for like some offensive fouls on some of his three-point attempts. You know what I mean? Because he yeah. kind of kicks that left side of his body out a little. But so far the results have been really good. Um, speaking of perimeter shooting, Arkansas hit 12 threes against Alcorn State on 30 attempts and shot so that's 40 percent are you buying or selling that arkansas will shoot at least 35 percent from three as a team and i'm going to give you some just as a frame of reference arkansas again shot 40 percent in the opener and 35 percent from three-point range in sec play last season was best in the league so can you be a team that's you know near the top of the league in, in perimeter shooting i'm gonna buy it so far um you know I just think they have a lot of guys who are capable of it. They, what helps them out is they have a lot of guys who are capable of taking it to the cup and mm -hmm. set, like getting guys open from three. They have a lot of shot makers. Um, I'm gonna buy it just from what I've seen so far. I know that's a really like that's a tough number to hit, but I I just think right now they haven't really given me a reason to sell on that. Like <laughs> it's easy. It would be a lot easier to sell if they were giving me a reason to, but they aren't. I'm I mean. What did they shoot against Purdue from three? Do you know off the top of your head? I don't. I don't remember. But, I mean, it seemed – I mean, I don't have the number either, but it seemed like they were shooting pretty well that game too against a pretty good team. I'm, I, I'll am i buy it. Blake, what do you got? 35%? Can they hit that? I th yeah, that's a buy from me too. And, it, you know, it was funny in the game last night – or last night, Monday night. Uh, I watched it last night. Um, uh, the announcer was talking about how – terrible Arkansas was at shooting threes last year. I think he said like 327th in the country or Brad something was like bad. that. Yeah. Right when he said that, Traymond Mark knocked down a three and they were, the announcer was like right on cue. And, um, and so, yeah. And you, now you have so many, like I said earlier this year, offensive, what you have more offensive weapons this year. You have more guys that can hit threes. Uh, you know, last year, who was it, you know, Devo would knock one down here and there. Um, it was pretty much Devo, and maybe if you can get one from Ricky Council or yeah. one from AB, you were you were on a roll. Yeah, and so yeah, the, sh the shooting just wasn't there. So um, yeah, thirty five percent. Yeah, I think I think they'll get that. What gives me hope, or maybe optimism, might be the better word, that they can hit that number is they hit twelve threes the other night, and Jeremiah Davenport was one for six, and I think he missed on his first five, and he's I think he's a Kind of classified him maybe as a streaky shooter, but he's really, really capable, obviously. And that's a that's a guy that didn't get going the other night, and you still hit 12 and shot 40% from deep. Granted, it was against Alcorn State, but open shots are open shots, and I think you've got enough, you know, perimeter play with guys like L. Ellis and, you know, Tremont Mark and Caleb Battle. They're not black holes. Like, if they got the ball in their hands and they penetrate, they're, you know, more than willing to kick it out to shooters. Um, I guess my other buy or sell was going to be Trevin Brazil. Is he back pre-injury TV? But I think we're we're kind of all in agreement on that. We don't even yeah. need to ask it really. Um, what's what's maybe – if we, we can still talk about TV. What's maybe the next thing that you want to see from him to like make 110% sure that he is back? Is there anything? I would say maybe – 
this is this is tough to say, but maybe more makes. Tr- I mean, he's shot it well from deep. It's just yeah, like, since the UT Tyler game, he's yeah, he's been really efficient. From but deep. maybe just more volume, like getting. I don't know. Like it, it feels like he's back to me to where it's like I don't really know if you'd really want to change anything right now with how he's playing. But maybe just taking a couple more looks from deep, mm-hmm. um, which he's taking what they're giving him. So, um, but. Yeah, it's hard to pick right now. Like anything that really pinpoint and be like, I want to see you fix that. Might be interior defense. Like, cause I think he's probably going to get tested. And I don't know when that'll come. It, God, it might be in Atlantis when I'm there in the Bahamas. By the way, I'm going. I'll send y'all a postcard. <laughs> um, it might be, it might just be interior defense. But we saw. I did. I remember seeing that against Purdue. Like somebody tried to back him down, and then he baited them into to taking a layup close to the left block and he just like swiped it right off the glass. So I think I'm I'm pretty sold on on TV. Again, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I mean the kids on like he's on the Naismith watch list, which is like people don't just hand you know hand nominee nominations out for for that. And then, you know, again, you go, you can go back to the preseason when he was first team all SEC um by the media and the coaches. Like the coaches thought Coaches were, were like-minded with the people that cover the league. So uh, we're going to hit a break now, and when we come back, we'll get into some questions several of our message board subscribers had, and we'll look ahead a bit to Arkansas's men's and women's basketball games on Friday. Stay with us. Stay on top of all Arkansas Razorback sports with a Digital Plus subscription on the Hogs Illustrated app. Get complete Razorbacks coverage in one location. Your subscription gives you 20-plus issues of Hogs Illustrated magazine, the most unique and compelling coverage anywhere in the state, plus total access to all the content on wholehogsports.com, including breaking news, commentaries, analysis, features, recruiting, award-winning photos, and premium message boards. Subscriptions start at just $17 per month. Join the Hog Sports Network team at subscribe.waco.com. That's subscribe.wehco.com. Or call 479-684-5509 to get your front row seat to Arkansas Razorback Sports. Go Hogs! Welcome back in to the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America. I put out a, or I started a thread on our message boards, um, on the Basketball Insider Board on Tuesday night while Ethan was covering the women's game. Uh, just asking for questions on the men's and women's teams um, from you guys. We'll try to get into we'll get into several of those here. We got some pretty good ones. Uh, we'll start with a really good one here from Hog two thousand nine. And I've before I even read it, I've been read it to everybody. I've been thinking about this since I read it last night. Good question time. from him. So great question. Okay, Caleb Battle or JD Note in his first year at Arkansas. Who is or will be the better sixth man? I'm the type I have to go off a whole body of work, so I'm going to say yeah. right now, Note, just because he had a great season. But if I'm projecting who will be, Battle's done nothing to make me think that he won't be that guy. I mean, this guy is just buckets off the bench. We were just talking about him a minute ago, but just that quick release and his ability to – he's that type of player that once he gets going, the offense starts just pouring. It's like if it's not him, it's somebody else. I just think he – yeah, I think he will be, but for right now, that season that J.D. Note had was really impressive, too. Um, it was really good. SEC I just, Sixth I, Man of the Year? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
hard for me to say, oh, not that guy whenever we don't have a full body work. That that version of JD, obviously his first year, he got Arkansas back into the game against Baylor in the Elite Eight. Yeah, that, that he I mean fouled out really fast. Similar in the fact that both these guys, it feels like they can put it on in a hurry. Different games though. Uh like for sure, like their game just looks a lot different. I think that battle might will be, but I'm gonna stick with Note for now just because I mean he won the conference's sixth man of the year. Um I think Caleb Battle's well on his way to maybe that this year, though. If he stays even sixth man, who knows if Musselman likes to change his starting lineups, there might be a game that he is like, hey, I need buckets right off the get-go. So For sure. Yeah, and I've mentioned this before we started this segment. Like, Eric is one of those coaches, and he says it quite a bit. Like, he likes to have an opportunity. He likes to look down at his bench when games start and see that there's offense just sitting there kind of chopping at the bit, guys just ready to get shots up. It's kind of that way with, to a lesser degree. Obviously, Chris likes was was a little bit that way, um, and Tre- Trevin Brazil too last season. I mean, we think about Trevin Brazil as like a bona fide. If he's not in your line, if he's not in your starting lineup, what are you doing? Type of guy, but he didn't start a single game last year before his injury. So that to a degree in the in the front court, I guess. Blake, which which guy are you taking? I'm going Note to. Uh... Like Ethan was talking about, let's let's see Battle play a few more games before we uh, before we say he might have a better season than JD JD Note. But you brought up Baylor um, earlier in the tournament, if you recall, Arkansas was down to Colgate by like fourteen by or something. Bunch. Yeah, and uh, and in the second half, I think they were still trailing, and uh, JD Note comes in and knocks down two or three threes in a row. And uh, started to stretch that lead out, and you know Arkansas never looked back. But um, who knows? I mean, if if Note doesn't come in and, and start knocking down those shots, I mean, are we even talking about playing Baylor in the Elite Eight or what? They had dropped to uh, fall into a 14 seed in, in Colgate. Right. He was the quarterback on that play where Devo threw the pass between his legs when Devo got caught oh, yeah. up by a couple of guys. He was the one that knocked that down, kind of kick started that run. I'm gonna go with my guy KB, and I, I think we can. And I don't. There's nothing wrong with you guys picking Note. You're well within your rights to do so. Obviously, there's lots of evidence there. But I think we've, we're have we afforded the knowledge of knowing what J.D. did. And maybe we can also look at it through the lens of what he did the next year when he was like a All-American by Sporting News, you know. Um, and I think the thing that, that maybe makes this a Caleb Battle answer for me is I think KB is more mature now than JD was in his first year coming off the red shirt. And I think, you know, JD obviously became a great defender in his second year. Like he was a guy that would pick your pocket without you even knowing it. Um, and he, he had to be really pushed to get to that point, to, you know, to be a defensive player uh, that could really impact games and, um, you know, give guys headaches and fits just getting the ball across half court. But I think Caleb Battle, and obviously it's really early in the season, but I think he's shown a want to sit down and defend, and I think he only defended one shot the other night against Alcorn State, but I just remember multiple times in that game watching it live, again, Alcorn State, but he's cutting off dribble drives and forcing turnovers, making guys dribble the ball off their foot. And I remember, I think it was the Purdue game, at a bad turnover, and then he came back down. <clears throat> he came back down that just a few seconds later and basically just wolfed the guy and popped the ball free. 
kind of making up for your mistake right there. I think I'm going to go with Caleb. He's just he's his offensive game is really well rounded, and I think right now his defensive game might be ahead of where JD's was coming off of a red shirt. Uh, we've got a few questions here from Holden Hogfield. Uh, so I'm going to break them down one by one. Does Arkansas play Trevor in Brazil a lot of minutes all year, or like in the NBA, try to rest him so he will be ready for March? I think he'll get a lot of minutes all year. I do too. He's just such a – it's kind of – it's weird to use this term. I feel like it's used in the NBA a lot, but he's like a unicorn on the court. Like he's just so unique. He can change a game. Uh, like you saw, he immediately set the tone against Alcorn State. I think he's going to get a lot of minutes. I don't see – with the roster composition that Arkansas has and his height, I just think he's – I don't think he's going to be rested or on any sort of time restriction. I don't think so either. Like if Arkansas was playing an 82-game schedule with him coming off that knee, yeah. But there's going to be few weeks during the course of the season where you're playing more than two games. And Eric's going to ride his best players, man. It, like TB's your, your all-SEC first-team guy. Like, And he's shown you – Nothing that makes you think that he is tentative since the UT Tyler game, that he's tentative um, and that he can't take on those those minutes. Um, yeah, I think he's I think he's probably going to be top two or three in minutes just so long as he can stay out of foul trouble. But now you've got to you've got to get him ready to where he's in a position to where he's twice the player he is now in March. Yeah. And so you only do that, I think, by by playing him a lot of minutes. Blake, what do you got? Yeah, I think. um I think Trayvon's going to be one of your guys that gets like 35, 36 minutes a game under a, you know, on a Muslim and coach team. Um, uh, we'll get to one of those other questions early, uh, a little bit later, but um, he's definitely going to be, you know, in your starting lineup in your eight man rotation. But I am curious to see with this, with the added depth of this year's team, who are going to be those eight guys? You know, obviously Trayvon's going to be one of them, but yeah, I don't think you, I don't think you rest him at all. I think he's going to get 35, 36 minutes a game. Like once he gets his condition, his game conditioning down, he's not going to be going over to Eric and asking for a 30 second blow. Like it's just, it's not going to happen. He's, he's the type of guy, type of mindset where he's just big game or it could just be, you know, next week against old dominion. He's probably not going to want to come out of the game because he knows, like he's confident enough in himself. I don't think his teammates want to see numbers. him on the bench. I don't think yeah. they want to look over there and be like, oh, he's on a minute's restriction. Yeah. They want him on the court, man, because he changes the game so much. And it, it would be different if against UT Tyler it looked a little bit like maybe he's – I think he was just maybe first game back jitters a little bit as far as like trust – learning that trust again. But he looks now like he's he's just back to playing. He's done a complete 180 to me in terms of I think his first shot that he took against UT Tyler was like a mid-range jumper where he just like didn't look confident in himself at all and it got blocked. Yeah. When like when do you think was the last time Trevor Brazil had a jump shot blocked? Like he didn't get any lift on that shot, but he's done a 180 since then and he's you know he's already putting boys on a poster. Yeah, wasn't it last night um I forget what point in the game but <laughs> Alcorn State tried to lob over Trayvon and he just snatched the ball out of the yeah, air. Yeah, just went up twenty feet up and grabbed it <laughs> with one hand. Was like, he's like, I don't think so. You're yeah, not he's not. That. He's not fair. Yeah. Next question: Best interior defender against a five and best interior defender against a four. Jeez. I'll I guess I can start with this, but I'm like against a five. I'm going like if it's a big bodied five. I mean, my first thought is Makai Mitchell because he's the guy. He's the guy that's closest in terms of body frame that you've probably got. 
Chandler Lawson obviously is too if he can handle Zach Eady. Um, obviously, he had there was a lot of help defense from from teammates, you know, in that game helping him out to you know get the upper hand in that matchup. But I think Makai, you know, we got to remember that Kai had foot problems in the summer, and so it's it's going to take a little bit, and it's probably different for a big guy dealing with a foot injury than it than it is with you know maybe a guard. I don't know if that makes sense, but you're just a bigger person, <laughs> you know what I mean, and we can we can sit from where we are where we're not sweating at all and you know like why is this guy not running the floor hard or like you know it's probably pretty hard like it's it would be hard for me right now to go run up and down the floor and I'll add you know pretty much another foot with Makai and you know however many more pounds like it's it's tough on these big guys and their feet especially when they've had you know you're counting on a guy to beat another big down the floor and you know have really nice footwork offensively and defensively uh, it was probably going to take him a minute to get back, but that's that's a guy that I would trust. I mean, did it last year with Oscar Shibway both times, and he, him, and Mikel obviously teamed up to to slow Oscar at, at Kentucky. But I would I would ride with Kai, and I would probably say Chandler Lawson second. Yeah, I agree with you on Lawson being second. I think M- Mitchell is your best interior defending a five. Like he will be. Like like you said, he's still just kind of ner- like recovering a little bit. Looks like. If we're going off just the one game we've seen, this is not a popular answer because of his last year, but Jalen Graham had a pretty good game like defensively down the I was tracking the shots defended, and I think they made one on him yeah. and took a lot. If we're just going on what we've seen, it looks like Jalen Graham's improved. I mean, is that sustainable? Who knows? Because last year it certainly wasn't, um, and it was a big liability. But um, based off the one game we've seen, i go with him, But um, and Chandler Lawson being your second for sure. Um he just didn't play a lot against Alcorn State, but we saw enough against we saw plenty enough against Purdue. Um, but I think Mitchell by the end of the year will be firmly back to your best interior defender. Yeah, I'm. Um, what about a four? Like if Makai is on your is on the opposing team's five, I'm probably gonna. Who would you go with with a, against a four? Like, I might just go with Trevin because I gotta have him on the four. Yeah. It really just depends on. I know this is. A, it all, seems like it a competent answer. It depends on the other on team. Yeah, like yeah. Chandler Lawson was that matchup that he had was just I think super unique with his length and stuff that he had in that matchup needing him. But I could see other games where, you know, Brazil was easily your. I I just think there's a lot of guys that are capable. We haven't really seen enough to be able for me to be like, yes, this is your best defending the four. We've seen a lot of guys play pretty well, but that's I know that's pretty much a cop-out answer no I'm with you I think it's it's Trevin or Chandler Lawson both of those guys are got crazy length really mobile they can do that um both of them I think are physical enough not not to say that they're just like shut down interior defenders but physical enough to probably be able to handle that long enough to be able to bother a four and if it's a mobile for like a stretch four both of those guys can can step out and defend there the length is really important. Like, all yeah. these guys have a length. So, that's one of the most important things defensively. I mean, just creates so much problems for people if you can't get the shot over somebody or have trouble doing it. I mean, those guys just all alter shots. And that's, I think, probably the best trait you can have is, as in defending down low is how well are you able to just alter. So I wouldn't make too much of a season opening win against a SWAC school, honestly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I think Makai is going to be your guy at the five 
Um, but then again, we say that, and we we thought it might be that way with with Zach Eady, but Chandler Lawson was was great in that game. So I feel pretty good about those two guys. Maybe defending five, one, and two. Um, Layden Blocker going to get significant minutes? Do you think? Because I'm I'm not. I don't think I'm on that train just because whose minutes is he going to yeah. take at this point? It's more a byproduct of yeah the roster right now. I'd say you definitely aren't fouling out in 10 minutes of action. That's one way to make sure you aren't going to get a lot of minutes. Um, if he can clean up some stuff, though, I really like his on-ball like intensity. He moves his feet so well on ball. I was impressed with that. But, I mean, you just got to – it's a freshman thing, too. He'll yeah. grow out of it, I'm sure. Like, Just like you got to learn like maybe things are called a little bit tighter in college than they were in high school on the AAU circuit or whatever. But I think – it depends on like what you're saying, significant minutes. I think he'll play almost every single game. He'll get some time on the court. I don't see him ever just I don't I don't see himself working in his way into just like a permanent bench spot, but so significant is five to ten. I might buy. Might. I'm just not sure that there's gonna be a spot for him as of right now. Things can change, obviously. Unless a guy like Say so in the Purdue game, Devo got in early foul trouble, and you just want to give the kid a shot to see what he's see what he's got. Yeah. I think it's I think it might have to be one of those scenarios. Got a fun one from Matt. He said, "What are y'all's thoughts on DJ Derek?" So I Blake, I know you weren't at the game the other night, so yeah. maybe don't get the full context of this. But if you have been to a game, you might. I mean, you you probably get it. I have problems hearing as it is. I always have. I don't know what's up with it. I should probably get it checked on. These basketball games, DJ Derrick has that place just, I mean, he's got that volume up. Like, you know that person that you can't stand because you go over to their house, they have the TV on volume like 70 or nothing. I mean, that's him and Bud Walton. He's like, y'all are dealing with it. I'm the one with the controller. This is how loud it's going to be. And I cannot, Matt's sitting right next to me trying to ask me something, and I'm like, Matt, you're going to have to text me. Like, it's not getting through and I'm already dreading on Friday. I get the double whammy of there is an elementary day women's basketball game that they have already sold 7,500 tickets to students at. So I'm already going to have a headache. I already know that headache might be nursed by the time the men's game rolls around, but DJ Derek is going to say absolutely no to that and send me right back to a migraine. Uh, Do you have any earmuffs you could wear? Like when you see babies going to their first basketball game? Just get some. Maybe you could find some like branded earmuffs, like a BPMA earmuff that you could put on. Oh yeah, that would be sharp. I mean, it's gonna be Baby Shark for twenty minutes at least, at, spread out throughout that game. Kids on cotton candy, a Mountain Dew, crunk. It's. I'll take any <laughs> suggestions on how to avoid. I mean, I think it's pretty unavoidable, other than some ibuprofen and any sort of ear protection possible. My thoughts on. DJ Derek is um, less country and hip hop mashups, and just more Duke Deuce and Lil Baby. Yeah, just play what play what gets the people going, and then when it's almost like um, when Caleb Battle and the kid from Alcorn State the other day had to get separated, he immediately started playing "Why Can't We Be Friends," and I'm just like, no, just like. Play Nuck If You Buck. 
Like yeah. that would that would have the whole that would have the whole place. You've got a, a friend in me on Toy Story. You've got a friend on, in me. Yeah. yeah. No, well, play Nuck if you buck. Like if you're about it, be about it. I'm glad you brought this up because I actually made verbally made this opinion last night at the women's game. Talia Scott finished an and one, like gave them like their first real breath of like we have some separation. You know what song starts playing on her way to the free throw line? Firework by Katy Perry. I'm like. Give her her moment. Give her something to hype up a little bit. But instead, it was Firework and by Katy Perry. It was, I actually don't know if it was DJ Derek at that game, so I'm not going to put the blame on him. But by and large, this is a message to all the DJs at the games. Turn the volume down. Ask the players what gets them going. Yeah, I know, I'm with you. I'm, um, I'm all for playing music that'll just get people into the game. And it's definitely not... Um, a Morgan Wallen song. It's just, it's not like, I know they do that. Which song would you cheer louder if you want this song played or this song played? Let's, let's not do any more Morgan Wallen songs during a under 12 timeout. That gets nobody excited. And I'm not over here advocating for like, I get it. It's a family or a family friendly environment. Like, don't be just like, I'm don't say play the things that get these guys going and start having curse words just going. I mean, but there's, I mean, these are professional DJs. No, I think place, like you can, you can, you can get that out of there. Play Ski Yee by Sexy Red. And that that got the people going the other night, especially the students that were still hanging around who were probably just there to see if Alcorn State would miss a couple free throws so they could get some free food. And then they were probably just hanging around to see if you know Arkansas was going to cover the spread. But play the band, too. Let the band play. Um, those are those are my thoughts. More Little Baby, more Sexy Red, uh, more Duke Deuce. I mean, I'm – No I'm, Katy Perry. I'm all – yeah, I'm out on the Katy Perry and – and the Morgan Wallen. I like I like all of them, not in a basketball game, not during a basketball game. Yep. We'll move on from that. I'm sure everybody. Sorry for that. the soapbox. I really got but passionate. Man, yeah, that like. Matt really brought it out of us. This one is from Kinkeshi. He asked if we're overlooking Jalen Graham as the best center on the team. I'm of the opinion that we're not overlooking him as the best center on the team. I just. Like I honestly don't don't look at Jalen as a center. I look at him look at him like a power forward, or he could like if you're going small, he could be your small ball five. Um, but I don't. I'm not trying to put Jalen in a in a box. You know what I mean? But I just don't. I just don't see him as a center. Yeah, I'm with you. I think that it's. It really depends on who all on the team you're even willing to like throw in this category of true center. Like, Makai Mitchell, I mean, I guess, I mean, if you're saying that Jalen Graham's being overlooked as best center, you're basically saying, is he better than Makai Mitchell, I feel like, because Trevin Brazil is more of, like, your stretch forward. Yeah. Um, I don't think we are, because um, I don't know if he is a center. But, um, yeah, I think for sure he's he played well the other night. That's all I have to say about him is he played well against Alcorn State. He did. He did. And just because the guy – Plays well one night. If we've learned anything under Eric, doesn't mean he's going to get a ton of run the next night or have a good night again. He will tell us until he retires probably that you know every game takes on its own identity and it's all every game's about matchups, man. Um, I also think um, I think Jalen could work a little bit on his confidence under the rim offensively. Uh, I remember a sequence from last night. He got the ball right into the rim. There was maybe one guy on him, undersized guy, and he just kind of kept twisting around. 
And the announcer was like, Jalen Graham, twisting, 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 not, <laughs> not shooting. And I'm like, yeah, man, you're right there. Like, you're what, 6'10", like 6'9"? Yeah. Uh, yeah, go up with it, you know. And I think he ended up missing a layup, but he got fouled. But, um, but yeah, maybe a little more, maybe a little more confidence, confidence under the rim offensively. I liked what he did the other night in terms of like physicality, defensive rebounding, and then the grab and go stuff where he thought he was a point guard. That was pretty interesting, and I think I think I like it until he turns the ball over the first time, probably. But Eric was pretty happy with that, and I'm not. I I don't. I hope that I didn't knock Jalen during this question. I think Jalen's made a terrific turnaround in terms of his practice habits. And I think he's refocused. I'm going to have, I've got a column on Jalen that'll come out in the next hogs illustrated. I think he's like, he came back from Las Vegas last year, the game against UConn ends and you can see it on the TV broadcast. Like he is sitting on the bench, leaned back, towel around his neck and his hands are on his head and he's just like so frustrated clearly because he didn't do enough he didn't feel like he did enough in that game and probably over the course of the year he averaged like five points and 2.3 boards or something like that in nine minutes he he told me at media day he was like that's not who I am as a man and so I think he he really refocused honed in on you know just making every rep count in practice because it'll translate to a game um so yeah, maybe we'll see. We'll, maybe we'll see more Jalen Graham. I do think that he could potentially keep himself off the floor if he doesn't start cashing in at the free throw line. Like he was sub forty percent last year at the free throw line, and if you're if you're able to do the things that Eric wants you to do, like rebound and do some dirty work stuff, you're going to find your way to the to the free throw line. And obviously, Jalen, not a big perimeter threat, I would say, or threat maybe far beyond out far beyond the lane. So a lot of your shots are coming from around the rim and you're going to get, you're going to get hit. You're going to get sent to the line. You've got to be able to cash in at the free throw line. Um, MDW asked what player isn't being talked enough that talked about enough right now who will get a lot more attention by the end of the season. This is a hard one to answer because like from our perspective, I feel like we've talked about all of them a lot. Like we've yeah. just really dove into that. So I guess this is more on like a fan perspective of like who fans might not be giving enough love to right now. I mean, it's it's weird to say it because he's the most loved one in my. But like Devo, I mean, with all the excitement of these transfers and stuff, it's like nobody's like talking a ton about him right now. It's I just legitimately like, feel like people aren't talking about Tremont Mark that much. Yeah, or at least the people that cover the team. We didn't ask about it. Like nobody asked about him to Eric the other night, and he went for sixteen. Yeah, he just he's kind of. I don't know if it's we expect it from him because he. You know, he was coming from Houston and he had all the success and it's been on all the stages that Arkansas wants to get to. But I feel like Tremont Mark is kind of like maybe my answer and I could be could be just totally misreading it, but I feel like he's he hasn't been talked about yeah, that much. I'm with you. I feel like it's like he's quietly just it's almost he's reached that role that you're like, oh, just like that's just what he does. Like, why do we even it just feels like everybody's like just taking it for granted what he's doing. And mm -hmm. he was really good defensively the other night, too. I just yeah. I mean, I just am, I'm just going with Devo because it's asking by the end of the season. I'm like, Devo has proven every single year that he's playing his best ball by the end. And he'll but it's just it's just weird because it's like he's obviously the most loved player by the fans and stuff just because he's been here for so long. But it's kind of I feel like nobody's talked about him at all really this year. Yeah, Tremont Mark might be that guy that averages like fourteen and never gets talked about. 
to me. Blake, do you have a yeah. have a thought? Yeah, you mean, it was a quiet sixteen, and I think I think part of that is uh, he he does it w- with a very professional manner. It's like he he's not as animated as a guy like Caleb Battle. Yeah, you know when uh, like when Battle got that and one, and he's screaming in the defender's face like with his mouth wide open, and then the, yeah, the way he went down whenever um, Tre- Trevin got ejected, and uh, and when I think another at another point in the game he went to the floor and started doing push ups. Yeah. Uh, before he got up and just a flashier player uh Tremont Mark just doesn't do that sort of thing mm-hmm. and uh so yeah it's like he had a, he had 16 but it was a quiet 16 because he, he, he to me he just seems super mature and uh even business like in a way um so yeah maybe he he won't get talked about as much because uh he doesn't really yeah you know, he's do like all that flashy he's, stuff. he's not going to try to draw attention to himself i think that's that's part of it too. Maybe I'm totally misreading that. And yeah. people are talking about Tremont. I felt like after the it was it's relative because after the Purdue game, I feel like a lot of people I mean, yeah. it's hard to not talk about the guy who it's But then a he game follows it up in an actual game. And has a really good game and it's like it was almost like quietly are we even are we just pretending this didn't even happen? <laughs> yeah. But, but I think there's just so yeah. many other there's a not so many other, but there's several uh, there's like several good yeah. stories on on from that game. It's TB's officially back. And he looks great. And it's Caleb Battle dropping a bar from his grandma and 21 on Alcorn State. Like, there were, there was a lot to get to. If we're throwing like, another candidate in there, though, I'm still going to ride with – I know he didn't play a lot, but Chandler Lawson, I yeah. bought in. I was just like, he's super valuable to the team. I think people will talk a lot. I mean, now people talked about him a lot after the Purdue game, but now it's right back to, like, after Monday night. It's almost like people are – I don't know. It's just he – it was kind of like people might feel it's a one-hit wonder. I think it's mm-hmm. not. I think he's really impactful. If this guy gets it together, and I'm kind of confident that he is because he doesn't want to sit on the bench all season, um, Makai Mitchell. I think it could be Makai. Like he could play. I think somebody on our board was asking or was like, I think rim protection is maybe the one weakness or the concern on this team. But if you've got Makai playing like Makai can, I mean, I don't think that, I don't think this team's got, got holes in it. Um, but again, he's got to kind of get over that, that foot. And, you know, he, he started the game the other night and ended up playing four minutes. So something's, something's got to click moving forward. We'll go ahead and look ahead to, to Friday, Arkansas basketball doubleheader in Bud Walton Arena. Uh, the women play at 1030. In the morning, elementary day game against Murray State on SEC Network Plus. The men will close the day out with a seven o'clock tip off against Gardner Webb. Um, Gardner Webb beat somebody called Erskine ninety eight fifty eight earlier in the week. Do you? I mean, do you know? I'll, that was a bad transition. Do you do you know anything about Murray State really on the on the women's side? What? Could it be another test for for Mike's team? They have one really good player who's like on the watch list for mid major player of the year, but it's kind of like she's their team. It's a forward who averaged like I think twenty two points last year. Um, she's uh, Caitlin Young is her name. She's really good, but they were picked seventh in the Missouri Valley. Um, I don't put a lot of stock honestly into preseason like these smaller conferences. Their conference like, but they were picked by the coaches because a lot of times they just just aren't very accurate um so they could be a lot better than maybe um than i'm anticipating i think that you shut her down though you pretty much shut down the whole team i'm expecting arkansas to look a lot sharper they just looked really sloppy yesterday i mean mike neighbor said it after the game 
so in order, he likes to I think I'm saying this in order. Free throws, layups, three pointers. That's mm-hmm. the order he wants them in. They they got to the line really well the other night. They shot 44 but missed like 16. They did really good getting to the cup and scoring layups. But they just kept on shooting three. They went five for 30 from three. That won't cut it. Wow. That will not cut it at all. And he said either that first number's got to go up or that second number's got to go down. Like we can't be taking that many threes if we're not hitting. I think they have some shot make. I just it felt to me like they had the jitters a little bit yesterday as far as like I've seen these players knock down shots in practice. Like Sailor Poffenbarger really struggled shooting. I mean, she had 21 boards, but she struggled shooting, and I've just seen enough of her in practice to know that she can snap out of that. Um, but, yeah, I'd like, I'd like to see them maybe just show a little bit more discipline as far as um, cutting out a little bit of like some sloppy turnovers, maybe tightening up some late-game situation stuff. They just didn't know how to close a game yesterday, I felt like, which – um, thank, thankfully for them, they, uh, I mean, they still got a win, but it wasn't pretty how they ended it. They could have, they had a chance at the end to make it like a pretty nice 15 to 20 point win. And all of a sudden you're looking up and it's one, pos- it's a one possession game because right. they were kept on shooting threes <laughs> when you're up by that much. But yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I thought they th- had it in the bag when they were up 14 in the fourth. I did too. I was writing up my game story ready to, and then I was like, great. Um, uh, I have to change this up a lot, but <laughs> it's, um, it's one of those things, too, that I think that maybe on Friday, now having one game under their belt, they didn't play an exhibition. you got to remember that. They have not played in front of fans this year, and they have a lot of new pieces. There might have been some nerves. I think they'll play a lot better. Sasha Goforth in her return, I really liked what she did. She, still, she struggled from the free throw line. That's, I feel like, kind of to be expected for somebody who hasn't played a basketball game in 584 days. Like... Yeah, you're probably a little bit nervous. You like, just flexed on everybody recalling that. Well, my memory. Yeah, I wrote it in my story earlier. I'm glad I pulled it from the bank just now. But uh, I mean, anybody who hasn't played a basketball game in 584 days is going to have some nerves going to the line. And especially just with what all she's been through, that didn't surprise me. It actually was encouraging to me that she was getting to the line that much. She was being really aggressive, and her speed is something else. She really changed the complexion of the game while she was on the court. She had three blocks in 18 minutes, seven rebounds. She's really valuable to them. I was really impressed by her. I, I think the shooting will take care of itself the more reps she gets, but I'd like to see them maybe put forth just a little more discipline of an effort and um, just maybe see a little bit more what I've seen in practice, which is um, a lot more shot making. Talia Scott, though, she confirmed every bit in my head. I've been telling you this since I started watching. Them. I said she is, she's gonna get you a bucket, and she did that last night. So that was good to see her, Spencer and Daniels. Um, those three are gonna be really big this year, and I think that they'll have a big game on Friday. Every time I looked up, I had the game on my second TV in the living room. Um, every time I looked up, Talia Scott was giving somebody a bucket. So that was not. And she did it. Kind of confirmation of what she'd been saying. What I really liked about her game was she was taking it to the cup with like she these were good defenders too. Like, don't get me wrong, these Auburn, these are Auburn transfers who I've seen them guard some SEC caliber players. She was just taking them to the cup and like really nice moves to get open layups. She's she if she keeps it up, she'll end up being one of the greats here if she stays for all four years. I mean, she can do she had six rebounds too, so Moving to the men's game, Gardner-Webb the other night, I mentioned they beat Erskine by 40 in their opener. Um, the rebounding, I think, is going to be the most interesting thing to watch because I think Arkansas wins this game. At Scotty Sportsbook, we've set the line at 17.5. So 
we'll see how that goes. Hammer that if you want to. Gardner Webb was really good on the glass the other night. Granted, against the team I just mentioned, fifty-seven to twenty-six was the uh, was the rebound discrepancy there. So Arkansas has got to Arkansas has really got to bring it, and I think they're going to need Makai to, you know, do his thing, like just protect the rim and and seal possessions, defensive possessions with a with a defensive rebound. Um, and Eric said on his radio show that they've they've done this rebounding drill where three guys are tasked with getting a defensive rebound against five offensive players, and so I think that right. And they, I don't think it's, Eric said we didn't let the defensive guys out of the drill until they grabbed a not or, or grabbed a defensive rebound to close a possession. So Eric is definitely honing in on that. One thing about him too, I feel like these, especially these non-conference games against some of these teams like this. He'll make somebody who's a pretty good offensive rebounder seem like you're going up against Shaq or one of the great rebounders all time. And he'll make a team that he'll pick something they're pretty good at and they'll stress it enough with the team. And it's like they go into this like convinced that they're probably playing somebody who's way better than they actually are. It's, it seems like it's always in a game like in these games, they really address the thing that he wanted to going into it. And mm-hmm. then they'll walk out of there with something that they didn't like. And then they'll hammer that no, for sure. <laughs> it's always just for sure. Yeah. Fixing after, the, problems. Ap- after the Texas Tyler game, yeah. it was physicality after Purdue. What was it? Rebounding. And then they took care of the rebounding against Alcorn state. I think they were like plus 18 on the glass. Yeah. So keep hammering rebounding. I think it was actually was offenses ahead of the defense at this point. So defense, you might want to take you might want to take the under on Gardner Webb's points uh, on Friday night. We appreciate you tuning in to the basketball podcast of Mid America. Uh, been a fun episode, almost as fun as watching Auburn choke a game away against Baylor on Tuesday night. Will um, we watch Auburn choke away a football game on Saturday? They very well could. I mean, they've been beating up on bad teams the last couple of weeks, and maybe got their maybe got their head puffed up a little bit. Um, Covered a lot of ground today. Appreciate Blake. Always good to have you back on the pod, buddy. And Ethan, appreciate you being here as always. And uh, we'll be back next week with another pod, more analysis, hopefully more of your questions. Uh, For Ethan Westerman and Blake Sutton, I'm Scotty Borderline. We'll see you next time on the Basketball Podcast of Mid-America.